0: On this week of Inside Atlanta Basketball, we talk the transfer portal, what's going on with Orlando Antigua and Shin Coleman, and
1: the beginnings,
0: at least, of next year's schedule. Come back after this. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam Burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia. Welcome in to another episode of Inside the Line at Basketball, episode 148. As we record this on uh, Monday morning, April 26th, I'm News Gazette Sports Editor Matt Daniels, back for the second straight week. So it's, I guess I guess it's I perfectly did, fine. I guess I did something okay. Yeah, uh, or,
1: or just Jim's not allowed back in the <laughs> podcast. <page. laughs>
0: uh, when Jim comes back, I'm sure it'll be with uh, a fury, and and you'll have to uh, you'll have to fend off all the the insults and the perceived slights and all I mean that I've things. been doing it for
1: almost three years now so <laughs> <it's>,
0: <laughs> I think I'll be ready all right well uh that's the voice of our hard-working beat writer Scott Ritchie even though it's late April Illinois men's basketball season's been over for a month the college basketball season's been over for almost three weeks the news does not stop though Scott but yeah. on a personal front before we get into this big news today for our beat writer Scott Ritchie because later this afternoon on Monday, so by the time you're listening to this, um, Scott Ritchie's gonna be a fully vaccinated man.
1: Dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah, very excited. Also, get your shots or one. And Johnson and Johnson's back on the table, so mm-hmm. just get vaccinated.
0: I, I'm I'm sitting here right now. I'm fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated man. That's I got uh, I got my second shot on Saturday. No side effects. Did take a two hour nap on Saturday afternoon. That was more because of my kids waking me up and me working the real late. Friday night and then my dogs too. It's just it was a constant people getting up in the middle of the night at the Daniels household.
1: But uh, I am excited cuz like I want to do things this summer if I can. So, everyone else should get vaccinated. What, what's so.
0: on your agenda, Scott?
1: I mean literally anything cuz I haven't done I don't know anything fun in like a year. You do this podcast
0: one. every week, Scott.
1: Like I said I haven't done anything fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's
0: uh but yeah
1: It's it's going to be an exciting time, and college basketball, always exciting, because it's not, like, the season is not just practice starts in October, national championship, early April. It's a -a 12-month-a-year venture.
0: What do you think fans enjoy more about college basketball, the actual games that happen from November to early April, or all the scuttlebutt and the gossip and the Transfer portal and the rumor mills that envelop the sport from mid-April through uh, late October. I mean,
1: I think they're honestly more interested in what uh, we like to call the silly season. Mm-hmm. Which we're in the middle of. Uh, just smack dab in the middle of. Um, just I don't know why, because it's the worst. From I, your I,
0: perspective. From my
1: perspective. I prefer like a roster to be set, and like these are the guys that are going to be on the team, and the coaches that are going to be on the coaching staff and here's the schedule of games and like that's that's like that's my happy place <laughs> april through <laughs> august not so happy uh, but yeah, a lot is still going on you know the transfer portal is still booming it's still portaling yeah there's like, nearly 1500 players in there and like 1500 was a number like brad underwood like he sort of just gave off hand we were talking with him one time this once this month and like he might have undersold it because there's going to be a like a run another run in july once you know players that pulled their names out of the nba draft is like maybe they don't want to go back to where they had played previously so 1600 1700 players perhaps like you know a full third of College basketball players in the country will have been in the portal, and fun fact: not all of them are going to find a spot. So, uh, grass is not always greener, but Illinois is still active in the portal. They have, in theory, two open scholarships to use. On, since uh, Jermaine Hamlin announced that he was going, well, he was entering the portal. He didn't necessarily announce it. Uh, word broke that he was um, entering the portal, and then Kofi Coburn, like he's got dibs on. One of the 13, essentially, but uh, he is going through the draft process, may not return, so Illinois has some flexibility in how it can fill out its roster. And, you know, Brethren would, you know, said that might not fill all 13 scholarships now. Uh, that, you know, maintains that flexibility come, say, December, perhaps, where players start entering the portal, because that's what happens. And I don't know if, like, if they have played somewhere previously, like in a season, enter the portal in December and transfer, like if they're eligible right away, like they should be, I, th- I that'd be interesting. It's like you can play half a season one place and half in another.
0: Can't wait. It's like a waiver wire in college basketball. Big picture of you, though, Scott, from 30,000 feet. Is this good or bad for college basketball with this many players entering the portal.
1: I think this year is sort of an anomaly. I mean, in many, many ways, but uh, because of the, the bonus year of eligibility and super seniors coming back, either to their original school, i uh, Trent Frazier or to a new school like Afonso Plummer going from Utah to Illinois. I think there's more in the portal. And with this in the portal now, it's like, they can't be in the portal again so maybe the other third of college basketball players will be in the portal next year.
0: Who came up with the term super seniors, by the way? I don't know, but it just sort of appeared. <laughs> exactly. Um, just call them seniors.
1: Yeah, but they're they're special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're super.
1: Um, I mean, that's been a term that's been around for like just the regular college student that doesn't necessarily finish in four years.
0: Um, Scott which, Ritchie finished in three and a half years, for those wondering.
1: Yeah. I should have just. You should. In have been, we all forever. should have been
0: super seniors, kids. If you're <laughs> listening to this, be a super senior in college.
1: Yeah, if you can make it happen, don't get a real job and start working. Um, <laughs> college is way more fun. Uh, but I don't know that. I think for a couple of years, just as this whole freebie transfer thing plays itself out, we'll probably be at this level. But eventually, like, there's going to be enough players that enter the transfer portal and. Uh, surprise have to transfer down or don't get a landing spot anywhere. It's like there'll be enough stories like that. It's like, well, let's consider all of it. But I don't know if there's if it's good or bad for college basketball. It's just it is. And I think players should be able to transfer without sitting out a year. Um, I don't have any problem with that. They should have an agency Mm -hmm. in, in their own lives. So it's just I think you know the new reality is the one. Okay, the one bad, quote unquote, bad thing I can see is like where fans maybe just aren't as mm-hmm. committed to a team cause they. It's not like where you could watch a player go from freshman to senior mm-hmm. and be invested in their career, yep. and it's just a little different. Well, we'll see. I mean, like the hardcore fans will be in, but I don't know if it. That lose, like, kind of the semi casual fans because of that, like, if they don't have a real tie to a team anymore.
0: One more transfer question for right now. I agree with you, Scott, that every player should have the right to transfer and leave schools without having to sit out of here. But the, uh, I don't even know if this has really been addressed because it's been such written and talked about. Be- just the one time transfer exception, but what happens if you're a player and you, you use that one time transfer, then you transfer to a new school and then you're like or a coaching change happens, then you want to transfer again, do they have to sit out that next
1: season then? That's where
0: It's uh, just the gray area. We right get now. back into the the
1: cycle of
0: you need to get a waiver to play <gasps> immediately. So the waiver's not gone yet. The waiver's not gone.
1: Um but like the reason the NCAA just threw up their hands and said, okay, you can have the free transfers because we get to the point where they're just giving everyone a waiver mm-hmm. and except like the very few where they didn't, that didn't always make a lot of sense. Well, let's say,
0: for instance, like close to home here, if you're an Illinois fan, obviously probably disheartened to see Adam Miller into the transfer portal, let's say. So he transfers. He's eligible to play next season in whatever school he picks. Then, let's say in a season or two, if he's still in college, he wants to transfer again. Would he then have to go through a, the waiver process if he's not like a grad transfer? Yes. Okay.
1: And like, I don't know if like, because the grad transfer was like the original loophole. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Kugler, or Kruger, excuse me.
0: Kevin <laughs> I, Kugler's a BTN announcer. Yeah.
1: I just combined Lon Kruger's son and <laughs> an announcer into one person. Like, um, he was like, the OG grad transfer like the first to take advantage of the rule like that no one like it was always in the rule book but like no one Mm -hmm. was buried because it's probably longer and written in legalese and no one wants to read it like I don't like that's a free transfer but should be but like does that loophole impact this new scenario I have no
0: idea I'm just curious too, because you know I don't think you're going to see a scenario where players just kind of it's like in the NBA where they just are on a team one year and they're kind of the NBA journeyman. You're not going to see a college journeyman, although you've kind of seen that in regards to some former Alana and Mark Smith. will be playing for his third Power Five school next season at Kansas State, and then the Jalen coleman Lans 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 could, Lans who doesn't age apparently and could is, be on his fourth team. Uh, yeah. I,
1: I'm not sure how that works because. And he's obviously graduated, I don't know three or four times at this mm-hmm. point. Um, I don't know at how. Some point you're I don't know how his case classes. works, in – well, he just gets a new degree every time I guess. I'm not sure how his case works with the the new waiver rules, but I mean, you could see that if the player has the worst luck possible and like plays one place as a mm-hmm. freshman. It's like, okay, I didn't like it here, I'm gonna go somewhere else, mm-hmm. freebie mm-hmm. coach gets fired, Wow that didn't work out or coach leaves for or coach
0: leaves. better job transfers probably gets the waiver mm-hmm. because the hardship
1: i'm in, in theory
0: and then I put that in air quotes for those that can't see
1: and then the same thing could happen again and you could see someone play for four teams in four years it's a new world i kind of want that to happen i like <laughs> like said it out loud just because there are people out there like their minds will explode
0: well before uh before we go too deep in the portal rabbit hole, which I think we already are, but we also just came up with a bunch of stories for you to write about, Scott, so we just had a budget meeting as well as a podcast. Uh, a lot of a lot of angst on social media last week from certain pockets of the Illinois fan base, which isn't unexpected any time <laughs> of the year. Uh, social media isn't the place that if you're looking for uplifting, positive thinking all the time, but... A lot of rumors going around last week about uh, two assistant coaches on Brad Underwood's staff, Orlando Antigua and Shin Coleman. Both their names have been tied to uh, landing on John Calipari's staff at Kentucky. Antigua's was kind of the first one to, to burst or kind of pop up on the radar, I'd say, last Wednesday or so. Um, obviously, he's already been in Lexington, had success under Calipari, uh, won a national title when he was on staff there at Kentucky. Uh, obviously, honed his recruiting chops under John Calipari at Kentucky, and then uh, on Thursday last week, Shin Coleman's name kind of surfaced as a possible landing spot as well at Kentucky because Calipari's lost two assistants this off season.
1: Well, yes and no. Okay. Because Joel Justice left to take an assistant coaching job at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. He was a an assistant coach, an on-court assistant, and then uh, Tony Barber, who was former Auburn coach. Yeah, he's coached a couple different places and wasn't a an assi- yeah. Okay, was an assistant for Cal for a few years, and then last season was his first as. It wasn't special assistance to the head coach, but it's some, some fancy title. Yeah, a staff job, not an on-court mm-hmm. slash recruiting assistant. Um, so he left. So obviously, there's one on-court mm-hmm. job open, and one and one staff job. But Calperik could shuffle that, mm-hmm. obviously, because um, he did last year, um, to create two on-court assistant coaching opportunities. Um, but. I mean, basically the reports last week was Antigua to Kentucky was done. Mm -hmm. And then some other reports was like, Illinois was like, well, hold on one second. Um, I think it was Adam Zagoria might have reported the proposed um, salary increase for Antigua to a million dollars per Mm -hmm. year for four years to make him the highest paid assistant in college basketball. So that that might have put up uh, a roadblock of sorts for Kentucky and then um, really all of the discussion just went out the window Mm -hmm. in this terribly unfortunate tragedy. Tragedy, uh, with Terrence Clark dying in a car crash out in Los Angeles, and I mean, that was awful, but thankfully like B.J. Boston was in the Mm -hmm. car behind him, which was terrible for him, but he was okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that, like Cal, Flew out to, to, to LA. Angeles, yeah, so. that that
0: put the back burner on all the assistant coach, uh, assistant coaching carousel spins that were were happening last yeah, week. Yeah, but
1: I, they'll they'll spin up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, some resolution will come. But like, my fans were very upset with the idea of losing two assistants, both to Kentucky, um,
0: two assistants that have proven the recruiting value to the Illini and to assistants that were original members of Brad Underwood staff. They've been here four seasons now. Yeah,
1: and in case of Antigua like the the big man coach who mm-hmm. helped Gofi Coburn develop into a second team All American. And you know, with Chin obviously has his ties to Chicago, but you know, in the last year he sort of became I don't not entitled but like defensive coordinator almost. Mm-hmm. Um Stephen Gentry sort of did the all of the scout guru. and prep for the mm-hmm. offense, and Chen did the same for the defense. So, uh, lots of both bring lots of value to the staff. Um,
0: and Chen Coleman's not afraid to stand up to Fran McCaffrey, which endured him to Illinois fans as well.
1: Yeah. Um, because everyone loves Fran, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's it's also shouldn't be surprising. It's like this was well as those two have mm-hmm. done at Illinois. It's like, of course, they're going to maybe draw some some interest from other programs. Well,
0: you and I have talked off the air, too, um, kind of right, I wouldn't say right when the carousel started spinning last month or the head coaching carousel, but you have to start thinking, too, of, okay, Illinois was, they finished second in the country this season. They were a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They won the Big Ten tournament championship. Athletic directors that need head coaches across the country are going to notice what Illinois has done on the basketball court, and they're going to maybe want to take an assistant coach and make them a head coach, or in the case of Antigua, make him a head coach again after he was already at South Florida. And You'd have to think, too, that Stephen Gentry and Chin Coleman and Antigua, they have aspirations to be a head coach, and I think that's what Brad Underwood would want out of his staff at some he, point, too. He's, he's said, that said that multiple times. Exactly. You want them to have the aspiration to lead their own program because I don't think they just want to be content being an assistant coach for – 25 30 years i think they want to lead their program someday and when you have a good program that means you have good assistant coaches which means other schools are going to want to make them a possible head coach down the road so while i understand the some of the consternation this is almost is like a i guess going to kentucky maybe makes it more incendiary for some yeah and like people fans. be like
1: oh it's a, a lateral move to go go from assistant to assistant well i mean like Illinois was back in the sort of national conversation, mm-hmm. you know, last this past season, which that's what Brad Underwood said mm-hmm. he was going to do, and he did it. I'd assume it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky was like awful, yes, and, and was still in the college basketball conversation because they're Kentucky. It, it's a different thing.
0: They're one of the blue bloods of the sport. Yeah, even yeah. when they go nine and sixteen in the pandemic season. Yeah,
1: they're, they're still blue blood. Illinois is trying to be a new blood mm-hmm. or an old blood to a new blood. I don't know because it's like
0: I don't know if that's going to catch on. They're like super seniors. Guys. Yeah, there's
1: some new bloods caught on. Like there's some history for Illinois, so it's they weren't always as bad as they were for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. But Kentucky's Kentucky, and the the one thing that like just really yeah, I saw obviously it's on Twitter, so awful, um, just like. People were like, oh, these guys aren't loyal. It's like, if you had a chance at a really good job mm-hmm. for more money, are you telling me you wouldn't take it? Exactly. Because I've done that like four times,
0: <laughs> essentially. In, every, the, in the high paying world of. Yeah, I mean, we're media. talking like on a. <laughs> certainly on a different <laughs> financial level,
1: but. Um, you I, I moved on from. Like Mm -hmm. job to job. That's,
0: I don't know if it's kind of how life works sometimes.
1: Yeah. So have I. I don't know if it's like, oh, they should just stay here forever. Like professional growth is a good thing.
0: Lauren Tate, who's been here forever, (laughs) (laughs) been here 55 years. We are in the process of. Uh, putting out a special section uh, to honor uh, the the efforts of our Hall of Fame columnist. He had a different job before he started working at the News Gazette. He worked in Hammond, Indiana for 11 years. Yeah, and he, he also, for a
1: brief time, yeah. left the exactly. News
0: Gazette. Uh, and then found
1: out that selling insurance was maybe not his cup of tea.
0: This was all pre-internet, though, so people couldn't get as mad. They had to actually probably write a letter yeah. and mail it off.
1: And then I assume there are probably people that's like, glad to see Lauren go. Because even in the handwritten days, the Twitter mindset existed. Exactly.
0: Very true. So this this happens. Everyone just take a deep breath. It'll all be okay. And like... I mean, come come November, Brad Underwood and his staff will be... They'll have one. They'll have one. They'll have a, a competent... It's not like they're just going to hire Joe Schmo off the street, who's never coached basketball before, even if they lose assistant coaches.
1: Yeah, I mean, because... The staff that he has now, like, he put – well, there's the original staff with Jamal Walker Mm -hmm. instead of Stephen Gentry. Although Gentry was – like, I think in Champagne for maybe, like, 24 hours Mm -hmm. before Mark like, come home. So he did. Um, The original staff, like, Underwood hadn't worked with any of these guys Mm -hmm. before. Like, he has shown he can fashion a rather impressive coaching staff when he has to.
0: And, and like, you and I were talking about last week, too. um, Yes – orlando antigua very instrumental i'm not downplaying his role in in what illinois basketball has become on the recruiting trail too because he was key in, in landing kofi coburn andre corbello rj melendez uh chin coleman with his connection to chicago helped land Iwisumu, adam miller not under selling that at all but it's not like Brad Underwood's not involved in recruiting. It's not like he just goes and tells his assistant coaches, okay, go get me a roster. Like He's heavily involved in the day-to-day operations of the recruiting world. Yeah. So and like, we it's not f- like he just comes to Ubbin and is like, oh, these are the guys you got for me. Great, let's go. Yeah. What are their names again? <laughs> exactly. No, and then, like,
1: we pair recruits with a specific assistant because there is, like, a lead mm-hmm. assistant on that. Like
0: season. Luke Goody is going to be paired with Stephen Gentry because yeah. that was the lead but recruiter. at on some
1: point in – as the recruitment sort of gets a little more serious, and we'll just use, you know, the pandemic here as an example. Like the entire coaching staff would be on a Zoom mm-hmm. call with,
0: whoever. And it's not like Brad Owen would be on the Zoom call like reading a book, not paying attention. Like he's actively participating in these.
1: Yeah, because the thing is, like, he's the head coach, so he's in charge.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I understand like the frustrations, and because it's Kentucky, it's like everyone hates Kentucky. I get it. Oh boy! <laughs> Just <laughs> I, things can still work out. Like it's not the end of Illinois basketball. Mm-hmm. Have two assistant coaches, you know, take advantage of a a good new job opportunity.
0: All right, so, uh, some other uh, news came out last week. Scheduling news. We always like to to see the schedule start to fill up, Scotty. And uh, we found out uh, two opponents. Uh, that Illinois will play next season. I have a potential 3 cuz Illinois is going to be going to Kansas City, Missouri right before Thanksgiving.
1: Um yeah, it's uh, the games are I think the Monday and Tuesday
0: okay. of Thanksgiving week. Oh, feast week. Feast week. There you one go. One of the best weeks. They're going to be the Hall of Fame classic out in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. What is it? The T-Mobile Center now?
1: Yeah. I Never used, been, but it's like it's a good arena.
0: I, think. I I used to I went to Kemper Arena one time when I was 4 saw the Super Mario Brother Ice Capades, <laughs> and then Kemper Arena <laughs> became Sprint Center. I don't, I don't know if Kemper Arena is still around anymore. That's my Kansas City arena story for the podcast. That's my I've contribution.
1: I've never b- been to any basketball games in Kansas City. Did go to Kauffman Stadium. For Kemper Arena used months. to host
0: the Big 8 tournament all the time, hosted the Big 12 tournament when it first started.
1: Yeah, it's uh, an interesting Hall of Fame classic field.
0: And and also localizing it, Illinois tie the late Lou Henson, was inducted into the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame out in Kansas City, Missouri. So there you go. That's true. Um, and Illinois could potentially play Mark Smith and Bruce Weber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I
1: think, fingers crossed, that's the first-round matchup.
0: If if uh, the organizers are smart, they would they would do that.
1: I mean, I'm not sure how you can put that field together and not be like, well, Illinois and Kansas State are definitely playing. In the so
0: it's 4 field, right?
1: Yeah. And so it's Illinois, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, and Arkansas.
0: So it's a lot better than North Carolina A&T, Chicago State, and Ohio. Although Ohio made it to the second round in the NCAA tournament this past season. Yeah. And um, the multi-team event that Champaign hosted last Thanksgiving.
1: Definitely better. Okay. Um, we're back to you know where the the regular slate of MTEs are on the table.
0: Again, when did MTEs become a thing?
1: Like last year, a, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like. It was, like, I think they're always
0: known as multi-team events, but... No one ever called them multi-team events? No. Okay.
1: Until, like, you had to, like, figure out, okay, like, can you host one of these mm-hmm. on your own
0: campus? Gotcha. And,
1: but, like, MTE, I, it's literally, it's just part
0: of the lexicon now. Every time I hear MTE, I think of MTD here in town. Yeah, the, that's true. buses. All right. Uh, but back to that event, uh, Illinois is guaranteed two games, so it'll be two semifinal games and then a championship game and then a third place game um maybe yeah i think that's how it goes
1: yeah because when they played at the nit tip off in mm-hmm. brooklyn so it's not a, it's goals. not around robin no
0: okay it's just semifinals because there's two days yeah and they have but they haven't announced the pairing yet no okay um,
1: because like when they p- only played in brooklyn was that the first year i covered the team yep. I
0: fire alarm outside your hotel in my hotel yeah in your hotel five in the morning yep. happy thanksgiving um just making sure to separate the Tiggers from the e Yeah,
1: but that – uh' because Illinois lost to West Virginia and lost to Florida State, so you play two games. That was – that West Virginia game It's like first – really, I mean, first game of the year almost. Had a lot of time to pre- prepare for – because that was still press
0: Virginia, and then – They pressed Illinois yeah, and out of the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like when Michael Finke is the only guy that can get the ball – up the court, like, you got a problem.
0: I mean, you did great.
1: Yeah. But that was an issue. Anyway, but. Illinois Kansas
0: State. <laughs> I need to see that happen, Scott.
1: Yeah, it really does. And there's some others. It's not just, you know, Bruce and Mark Smith, although that's a big part of it. But, like, Brad Underwood, K-State alone, mm-hmm. make there it happen. Know. And then, because really, I think you're like. You're looking at an Illinois Arkansas championship. Like mm-hmm. that's what the organizers are sort of if, invested
0: in. If Illinois Arkansas meet in the title game, let's say the Razorbacks win, does Eric Musselman take a shirt off in the post game celebration in the locker room? I mean, it's on the table. Okay, like he was on the table at the NCAA tournament, <laughs> jumping up on it and celebrating.
1: He's uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Very his excitable. teams are too. Yeah, they they get out and go. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's just a solid mm-hmm. mini-tournament to have in the season.
0: And that means we know essentially five non-conference games at this point in the slate, although they haven't officially been announced outside of the Hall of Fame Classic announcing the, the teams that are participating, but Illinois is going to play in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Always does. Uh, likely play in the Gavitt games? It should, because they were supposed to
1: last year this past season, mm-hmm. and then that didn't happen. Which is the Big Ten
0: reasons. Big East crossover? Correct. Illinois, what played Georgetown and Paul in that event? Before? They played Providence in the first. That's right, one. out in Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. So Marcus went to that. Yes. Um, Chris Dunn, Providence.
1: Yeah. So that's also on the table, and then Arizona, the return game that was supposed mm-hmm. to be this past year, will
0: and the Bragging Rights. Against Missouri, against Missouri. Which should hopefully be back in St. Louis. Not determined by a coin flip by Andy Katz this year. Yeah. Let's hope not. In a
1: 30-minute live stream where he didn't flip the coin until literally the last possible second. <laughs> not that I was getting impatient during the the whole thing.
0: All right, Illinois played Duke in the ACC Big Ten Challenge last year. Probably the marquee game of the ACC Big Ten Challenge last year. Who, who does Illinois play this year, Scott?
1: Well, I mean... It's
0: typically sort of
1: you know the pairings are like who was good the year mm-hmm. before, so I mean Illinois should draw a pretty solid ACC team.
0: Can see Syracuse, Allen Griffin, former alina well, going against in, the is he, is he, he declared the pol- for the draft, okay. so and then he's got a backup plan to be in the portal probably. Uh, I
1: would assume so. And also just had a a son. Nice so congrats! Was,
0: his dad tweeted a photo of
1: That's Alan awesome. and his new baby. Um. Florida State maybe.
0: All right. All I know is I got a bunch of rangy athletic wings like every Leonard Hamilton team does. Will he will he rock the mock turtleneck or is he still does he have a tie now? Or no, he didn't no one wore suit yeah. and tie last well, year. When's that coming? Is that coming back next season, Scott? I mean uh Jay
1: Wright would probably say let's bring it back because he has a closet full of suits.
0: I will say this though. Uh I was watching Pac twelve after dark. It was a Pac twelve tournament back in early March. And I have no idea who the Cal coach is anymore. Cal, yeah, Mark Fox, Mark Fox, the former Georgia Nevada coach. That was Mark Fox. Wow, uh, he was war- he was rocking a suit in the game. So I think it was they were playing Colorado in like the quarterfinals or the semifinals. Just caught me off guard because it was like the first college basketball coach that I noticed all winter that was actually dressed like they were before the yeah. pandemic. I mean, started. I don't know, like.
1: I think it would be fine to just stick with the more casual look like I don't know why we expect like college coaches to sweat through their suit
0: I disagree though just from an optics standpoint because when I see coaches in khakis and sneakers and like pullovers I think oh that's a pandemic season when I see them like all you know three-piece suit with like the the pocket square that's like oh life's back to normal I mean, I, I
1: can understand that, but that's it's, just, my, it's my sort opinion. of like why wear a suit to coach basketball, and like why do baseball managers wear a full uniform?
0: I, I think, I think college basketball coaches should <laughs> go the full uniform. Yeah, like
1: my thing is like, if you're gonna wear the full uniform, you have to play at least an inning. <laughs> Very good so point. So get out there, Mike Schilt. I
0: don't. Know, it's, we'll see. That's uh, how did we get down this discussion path, Scott?
1: I really don't know. Okay.
0: Because we had a budgeted, bulleted, point list we were going to get, and nowhere on it did I write, you know, fashion choices by college <laughs> basketball coaches.
1: Sometimes it just happens. Um, it's the free-flowing nature of this podcast
0: We're talking schedules, right?
1: Yeah. I really don't know where the Five games,
0: those eight, so you're going to play Arkansas, Kansas State, or Cincinnati. Combination of two those, of those three, three. Two of those three. ACC Big Ten Challenge. Oh, that's where we got off. Leonard Hamilton. Yeah. So um, you think Florida State...
1: I mean, Florida State, uh, it could be...
0: Would it be here in Champaign?
1: Sh- like, they should, should have a be. home game. Okay. But it's not always necessarily mm-hmm. like every other, but oftentimes it is. Um, gosh, ACC was well, was bad last yeah. year. yes, uh, Because, like, Virginia Tech finished third
0: in the ACC. Chester Frazier. That'd be an former
1: interesting. Former like, So, th- I guess they're in play. Maybe Josh Passner and his face shield is in play.
0: Do you think he wears that next year even if Just it's because, fun? Yeah, uh, he should. Because <laughs> it became a phenomenon. Yeah.
1: And then like there's always like Bob's favorite team, Virginia. <laughs> Pack
0: line defense.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would imagine one of and maybe North Carolina. Like, Just
0: the intrigue factor.
1: Maybe one of those five. Okay.
0: So no Duke. Duke's going to be the best team in the ACC next year though, right?
1: They could be pretty good.
0: Got loaded recruits coming in.
1: Yeah, three five-stars.
0: Okay. That's good. That's typically pretty good. Um, Here in Champaign, maybe? With a full... Yeah, but since,
1: like, they also usually don't play the same back team to back, in, yeah. in consecutive years.
0: All uh, right. Gavit Games, do you think they're going to get?
1: That one's, like, way more random.
0: Okay. Creighton? Yeah.
1: I mean, if i prefer, like,
0: Villanova. someone
1: more exciting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they made the Sweet 16 last year.
1: Yeah, there's just... Sorry, Bob, but <laughs> I don't know.
0: Marcus Zagorowski doesn't do it for you? He should be gone. Yeah, he's declared um, for the draft. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Could be anybody, like, Shaka Martin Marquette. That'd be intriguing. Yukon? Mm. A little less intriguing, especially since James Booknight's not going to be around anymore
0: is Mark gonna have hair next year at
1: Marquette. That's like the only reason I th- want a um, way to play Marquette, <laughs> so we can discuss that.
0: All right, uh, what do we got to hit real quick before we wrap up? Got any other uh, any other topics we have not covered at all? We've we've killed a lot of them from transfer portals to Kemper Arena to coaches' fashion choices. Yeah, just recruiting all... that never stops. Yeah, um... dead periods ending.
1: June 1st, so coaches can get back out on the road. And, like, June, they'll have – so June's, like, the month where you play with your high school team in-state. Mm-hmm. and But coaches can now attend those, so there'll be some events um, in the month of June. July, be back on the, the circuit, so to speak. But yeah, Illinois really kind of turned its attention to 2022 through 24, at this point, because any roster additions for next season likely won't be high school players. At this mm-hmm. point, um, to be transfers, so kind of getting a look at uh, future future recruits and
0: and they're in good shape in the 2022 class, right? Yeah, Reggie Bass, two. AJ have committed. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I mean, who honestly who knows how many open scholarships there will be? That's true. At that point, um, but got two. Yeah, Reggie Best, kind of a combo guard. AJ Store is more, you know, of a wing. I mean, he looks like he could play in the Big Ten tomorrow. Definitely physically ready, um, in in some regards. But uh, good spot there, like big men, in the 2022 class are important. AJ Casey, mm-hmm. Whitney Young, uh, will be a news Gazette all stater this weekend.
0: Breaking news, <laughs> just in case anyone was interested. <laughs> Was it our 89th All-State team coming up this week? I think so. Yeah, you got to work on that all week.
1: It's basically done. Okay.
0: Got our Player of the Year uh, story and uh, 15-team first team, 15-team second team, special mention 50, and honorable mention 100. Scott's in year six of handling these responsibilities, and he does a great job at it.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, that's –
0: Mainly I'm saying thank you so I don't have to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah kind of figured I
0: contribute um, but I you do the you do the bulk bulk work of it
1: so yeah 2022 like AJ Case, well sort of his Mean Streets team alone he's playing with Jalen Washington who's a five star power forward from uh, Gary Westside had a really good year was healthy this year because he had a knee injury as a sophomore um, so those two are pretty formidable duo for Mean Streets um, yeah that's the AU season is underway and Illinois targets are playing pretty well
0: all right Scott I think that's going to wrap it up for this week uh, thanks again for all your hard work contributions insight I may be back next week but I have a feeling Jim will be likely sitting in this chair ridiculing you like he he's missed out on the last two weeks I'm sure he's got you a lot saved up he's got a lot, s- worth. lot stored up so uh, the, the tremors that I'm seeing in your hand are already starting I'm, I apologize for that that's a lie okay all right thanks Scott